Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. We are here to bring clarity to the events happening all around us, to bring sense to the nonsense. Today, our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, will continue his conversation with Avi Lipkin about the latest lockdown in Israel. Larry Stamm will have a Messianic Minute, and Greg Patton will be living in today's world. We have a special announcement today. Our Fall Prophecy Conference in Columbus, Ohio has been canceled, but it will now be online. Still the same great speakers, just online. Billy Crone, Greg Patton, Bill Federer, Larry Stamm, James Collins, Dr. Kenneth Hill, and Larry Spargimino. You can watch all these sessions when you want, as often as you want, from the comfort of your home. Register today for our Fall Virtual Prophecy Conference, swrc.com, and click on Conferences, or simply call 1-800-652-1144. Our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, welcomes Avi Lipkin back to the program. Avi will be giving us the latest details on the political climate in Israel. My, what a blessing to be with our dear friend Avi Lipkin. I hope you heard the previous program. If you didn't, it is archived on our website, swrc.com. For this segment, we're going to be speaking to Avi Lipkin about the situation with Iran and Hezbollah. Avi, so good to look at you face to face. I mean, likewise, likewise. Tell us about Iran. I mean, they're rattling their sabers and Hezbollah. They unleashed a lot of rockets recently. Yeah. You know, I want to tell you something. I learned what I'm going to say now from the Christians. Second Chronicles chapter 20 is a very, very interesting story. Three enemy armies surround Jerusalem, besiege Jerusalem. There is no way that the Jewish people in Jerusalem can defeat them. And they come before King Jehoshaphat. And they said, you know, hey, what are we going to do? We can't defeat these three armies. So he said, go to the temple, go to the high priest, get on your faces before the Lord and pray. And the high priest will tell you what to do, which is to pray very diligently. And God will provide the answer. Yeah, they said, Jehoshaphat said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's good advice. Absolutely. And so they prayed. And the next day they opened the gates of the city and the three armies were gone. Some died of the plague. Some armies fought each other and killed each other. And the others just ran away. And so the Israelites opened the gates of the city and they saw that God fought the battle for them. Now, what I want to say here is that look at the countries around us. Lebanon is in a situation of complete collapse. By the way, we in Israel, we love Lebanon. We love the Lebanese people. They're great people. You've got four groups in Lebanon. You've got Christians of different types. You have Sunni Muslims. You have Druze, D-R-U-Z-E. And you have the Shiites who are controlled by Hezbollah, who are 40% of the population. And they are backed by Iran. They kill anybody in Lebanon who opposes them. And the United Nations came out with a suggestion that a special committee will be created to rule Lebanon on behalf of the United Nations because the Lebanese are incapable of ruling themselves. The whole country is collapsed. People are starving. There's no way to get food. They're saying there's one of two possibilities. Either the UN takes over or Iran takes over. Iran will have the Hezbollah take over, which will be terrible because then Israel is going to have to go in and really fight them. Iran, there's no water in Iran. 
You turn on the tap, you get mud. The people are dying of thirst. Literally, they're dying of thirst. And Israel learned a long time ago that we cannot survive. We cannot rely on the vicissitudes of the Israeli rain. And, you know, there are years we have plentiful rain, and the years we have drought. The Middle East is a place where primarily you're going to have drought. Right, it's a desert area. And our population grew 10 times since 1948, 11 times. So the Israeli government made a strategic decision to put up desalination plants. So we have, as far as I know, five desalination plants on the Mediterranean coast. We have one or two in Eilat. And they're very effective and working well. And they've developed it in such a way that it's cost-effective. And you know what they're doing now? They're desalinating water, and they're pumping the water into the Sea of Galilee. So 70% of the water that Israelis drink is desalinated water. And here's an interesting point. 1994, Yitzhak Rabin makes a peace agreement with King Hussein, with Jordan. And I think maybe the most important part of the peace agreement is that Israel provides Jordan with all its water needs. And you have to remember, when I moved to Israel in 1968, I read this in the Jerusalem Post, the Jordanians had water in their kitchen taps two days out of the week. There was just simply just no water. Now the Jordanians have water 24-7. Not only that, the Jordanians took in 1.2 million Syrian refugees from the civil war in Syria. Israel provides water for that too. And so if you make peace with Israel, you'll get water. Yeah, didn't Prime Minister Netanyahu wanted to give, I think, some technology about desalinization plants to Iran? And because Iran's having water problems and they refused. The Iranians, if they would just bless Israel and make peace, yes. that would be a blessing. We would bless them, they'd have water. People in Iran are dying of thirst. Yeah. There are now riots in the streets of Iran against the government. This is across the board because all the people are suffering in Iran. So I think that a Second Chronicles chapter 20 scenario could happen, should happen with Lebanon, with Syria, with Iran. Many people, you know, think, oh, it's going to be a war. Maybe this will preclude a war. Wow. That if you can overthrow of these evil regimes and make peace with Israel. Making peace with Israel is not so extraordinary anymore because Egypt, Jordan, the four new countries in the Abrahamic Accords, right. Muslim countries, they're allies with Israel. You know, we don't hate the Muslims. We'd love to make peace with them. But there's some people who take Islam to the extreme, which is to hate the Jews right, and kill them. radicals. But you've written, what, seven books that deal with some of this. Tell us about the books because that's going to be our offer, and I think our listeners need to know what they cover. First, I have to say that I've been married to Rachel 50 years, and when I'm in the churches, especially when she's there in the front row, and I say, why am I such an expert on Islamic terrorism? Because I'm married to it. <laughs> so she looks at me. I said, hey, come on, Rodney Dangerfield stuff. You know, I'm, I get no respect. But in my seven books, there's so much intelligence material that my wife provided me. She knew five years before 9-11 that they were going to destroy the World Trade Center. I remember that. And I wrote that in my very first book in 1997. You were here. Then we had you in Willow Valley, I think it was. Yeah, you're talking about that. And here it happened. Everyone said, Avi's a prophet. Avi's a prophet. I said, I'm not a prophet. I just listened to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so there are literally hundreds of secrets that my wife gave me and secrets that I also received in the prime minister's office. They're all in my books. 
And if people say, you know, well, we're not being told anything by the media, get my books. Yes. Because my books will Seven give you. Seven of them. You've been faithfully selling my books for all these years. Yes. And it's not just something new. You were right many years ago. My wife always says I don't know anything. And she's right. I get it from her. She knows everything. Tell us about the Bible Block Party. How is that coming along? You're the mover and shaker of that, and that's really important. Christians, Jews, Muslims, everybody. Okay. In America, it took me 31 years to become known in certain circles, which is your circle, for example. In Israel, nobody really knows me because the last 31 years I've been working in the United States. I don't have 31 years to become known. I've got to do it fast now. We registered the party three years ago. We participated in the four elections that we recently had. And indeed, one of the reasons Netanyahu is out is because he couldn't form a coalition because of the interpersonal relationships. So the party is registered. It is legal. It is binding. We will be participating in the next elections, God willing. We're going to participate in every election. But the problem is we need 140,000 votes to pass the threshold. Threshold means the first four candidates get in. You don't get in with one. You've got to get in with four. It's 140,000 votes. It's 35,000 votes per member of Knesset. Okay, now what's your platform? What makes it so attractive? What's special about the Bible Block Party? Giving Christians representation in our Knesset, including Messianics. The Christians today in Israel, or shall I say the non-Jews, are about 500,000 people. 500,000 people represent about well, 40,000 per member of Knesset. We should be able to get in 10 or 12 members of Knesset out of 120. When that happens, I become a cabinet portfolio minister wow. in the government. But the problem is nobody knows me. So we've made a decision, a strategic decision. My fourth book, you have seven books. My fourth book is called Israel's Bible Block. We are going to translate that into Hebrew and perhaps Russian. Yeah, that would help you to get known over there. We know you better than your homeland. And each book, it's not just printing the book. You've got to have a team of PR people. Each book is going to cost me $25,000. Now you know why I'm 72 and I'm here in the States running around like a madman trying to raise money to get those books out. We've got to get the books translated into Hebrew and Russian. Israel is a crazy country because you have to campaign in five languages. You have to campaign in Arabic, Hebrew, Russian, English, and Amharic, which is the language of the Ethiopians. You have 150,000 Ethiopians now. And we have Ethiopian candidates also. We have Russian candidates, Russian-speaking. We have English-speaking. We have Messianics. We have all kinds of people in our party. But we need the breakthrough. We need to crash through that constricting circle of the 400, 500 votes. We've got to get to 140,000 votes. That can only happen once again on the radio, TV, newspapers, civic meetings, where I can really become controversial because a lot of people in Israel hate the Christians, but there are a lot of people who love the Christians, so I have to reach out to them. Here's a question I think is really important. Is the Holocaust coming to the United States? My third book talks very especially, it's called The Edmonton Revelation, and it talks about the 30 million Muslims in America who want to slaughter the Jews. Now, the Jews are 6 million, married to 4 million Christians, that's 10 million, but you have 30 million Muslims whose faith tells them to kill the Jews. Now, last year, I met with a neo-Nazi. I did not know he was a neo-Nazi. And when he asked me about defunding the police, and I said, well, that's horrible because all of a sudden you're going to have all this crime and the crime increased. He said, no, 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 no. It's good that we defund the police because now our militias have grown from 3 million to 30 million. And the first thing we're going to do with the 30 million militiamen and women is kill the Jews. 
because the Jews voted Democrat. And these things, you know, are like, I got up and left the table. How can I hear somebody say, we're going to kill the Jews? That's a Holocaust. And if you kill the Jews, you kill the Christian spouses. So Christians are going to be slaughtered. I believe there's going to be a civil war in America. And I'm not saying I'm with the Democrats or I'm with the Republicans. Of course, I'm with the Republicans. But the point is, you have crazies on both sides. And you have groups that want to kill the Jews. By the way, Black Lives Matter came out of Islam came out of the Islamic agenda. Antifa came out of the communist agenda. All of these people want to kill the Jews. That's what they have in common. So I am very concerned, and the only people who listen to me are your listeners. People, you know, in the synagogues, they don't want to hear a word I'm saying because America is like a giant country club for the Jews. But we have to prepare for a homecoming. And then when all these people come home to Israel, my party will be the biggest party in the Knesset with millions of immigrants. And if my wife doesn't kill me first, I'll be the prime minister. Well, America's in deep, deep trouble, but I believe Genesis 12:3, And there's a promise there, and I think we've been a friend of Israel for many, many years, especially President Trump. And I think, as I look at Genesis 12:3, that those who bless Abraham and bless his descendants, God looks down upon those people. That's one of the reasons why I have hope in America, even though the days are very dark, the cancel culture is so oppressive. I found out some new things about how they're canceling just about everything. They're even messing with our credit cards. You know, these credit card companies, you want to give money to a ministry, they'll take care of it. You won't get the money to the ministry. So tell us about why you believe Genesis 12.3 and how we see that operative in history. In addition to the fact that I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, I believe that one of the reasons America has been the greatest world power in 200 years is because of its Christianity. I think it was Heinrich Heine, the German philosopher, who said that the world has to choose between the foolishness of the Americans and the despotism and tyranny of the Russians. We all know Russia is despotic and tyrannical. What does it mean for the Americans to be foolish? It's because they are foolish in the Lord. And when you're foolish in the Lord, you can make all the mistakes in the book but you'll always come out number one because you're foolish in the Lord. And if God says, bless the Jews, well, that's part of the foolishness in the Lord. There are some people who can come up with all these reasons why they hate the Jews. No, they are the chosen people of God. And the Christians are grafted into the children of God. So that makes the Christians, together with the Jews, partners as the people of God. I just got invited to California, of all places. They said, we're having a revival. Can you come? In California? What city? San Jose. I know there's a lot of Christians out there. They're wonderful people. I used to spend a lot of time out there. Then I had my heart attacks and my stent and two pacemakers, but I'm getting ready to go back to California on my next trip in October, November. Yes, and I know there are a lot of Chinese Christians in California because I pastor a Chinese church and we have a lot of friends there, and they love Israel. Of course, they love Israel because they love the Bible. You cannot not love Israel if you're a Christian. Yeah. You've given us such a wonderful picture. I see encouraging things happening, and I'm so glad that Southwest Radio Church has stood by Israel. Dr. Hutchings, E.F. Weber, all the stuff we write, and I know there's such replacement theology. I don't see how you can believe the Bible and believe in replacement theology. So, Avi, we really appreciate you, and I know you're 72 years young, but God is going to give you strength as you travel. You're doing the Lord's work. God bless you, my dear friend. God bless you. Prosper, this ministry that I've been working with for 25 years or even more since 1995. So that's a long time. We're family. The complete two-day conversation with Avi Lipkin is available when you call 1-800-652-1144. 
That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. In 2022, Lord willing, we'll be hosting tours to both Israel and Turkey. You're invited to join Southwest Radio Ministries on an 11-day Holy Land experience to Israel and Jordan and a nine-day Churches of Revelation tour in Turkey. These tours include all-inclusive pricing that covers entrance and program fees, gratuities, overseas transfers, fuel surcharges and government taxes, and international airfare from New York City. Also included in the price are stays in first-class hotels, transportation in deluxe air-conditioned motor coaches, daily breakfast and dinner, as well as guided tours and Bible studies with both Dr. Larry Spargimino and James Collins. Walk where Jesus walked. See Jerusalem, Petra, and Masada. Experience Bethlehem, Galilee, and Jericho. In Turkey, visit Istanbul, Ephesus, and Smyrna. Travel in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul and see Thyatira, Colossae, Philadelphia, Sardis, Laodicea, and much, much more. Registration is now open for both of these tours, but space is limited and the tours are expected to fill up quickly. Visit the tour section of our website for dates, complete itineraries, pricing, and payment information. SWRC.com. That's SWRC.com. Come and experience the Holy Land with Southwest Radio Ministries, Israel, Jordan, and Turkey with Dr. Larry Spargimino and James Collins. Register today at swrc.com or call 1-800-652-1144. Larry Stamm is a teacher and author. He has a brand new book, The Jewish Roots of Christianity, debuting in October. Right now, he's here to look at the Bible through a Jewish lens on today's Messianic Minute. Shalom, friends. Larry Stamm here with the Messianic Minute, Biblical Connections Through a Jewish Lens. The beauty and wonder of the rainbow points to the beauty and wonder of our promise-keeping God. The rainbow is the sign of a covenant that God made with Noah and the whole earth, that he will never destroy the earth again with a flood. In Genesis 9-11, God said, Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall be a flood to destroy the earth. About the rainbow, the Lord added in verse 12, This is the sign of the covenant. So whenever you have the pleasure of seeing a rainbow in the sky, remember our great God who is faithful and true and always keeps his promises. As the Apostle Paul exclaimed in 2 Corinthians 1.20, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Hallelujah. For more connections, visit our website at larrystam.org or see our Larry Stam Ministries Facebook page. Did you know that our website, swrc.com, now has over 800 prophecy materials, books, and DVDs that help bring clarity to the world? New items are being added almost every day. swrc.com. Resources by Larry Stamm, Avi Lipkin, Bill Federer, J.R. Church, Tom Horn, Larry Spargimino, Mark Hitchcock, James Collins, Dr. Kenneth Hill, Billy Crone, and many, many more. Hundreds of books and DVDs right there for you, your Sunday school, homeschool, or small group. SWRC.com. That's SWRC.com. All of us at Watchmen on the Wall are eager for the brand new book by Greg Patton, Invisible War on the Saints. 
This powerful book will look at how, through Scripture, a person can have victory over the demonic forces that are all around us today. Make sure you stay tuned for your opportunity to get this important book. Here's Greg Patton with another story of Living in Today's World. So I had this gentleman visit church a few years ago, and just a real nice guy. Got to talking about a number of things, and he had heard us on the radio. That's how he got to our church. I would dare say probably three-quarters of our church has come to our church, the radio ministry there in Fort Wayne, Indiana, at various times. People just seem to like what they hear there, and then they come to the church, and oh, some stick. And so he told me he had been visiting around. He had been going to a brethren church. It was at a Methodist church, and he had stopped by ours. And, and I guess he liked what he heard that day because uh, he came back. And then a couple of weeks passed, and he came back again. And then we started seeing David on a regular basis. And I got to talking to him a little bit, and he was semi-retired, but he still did concrete work on the side. He and another man, and he had children. They were all gone. His wife was not doing well. She had some problems. In fact, it was so serious. She had emphysema that she was in line with her girlfriend, both of them needing a lung transplant. I said, oh, wow. I said, does she go to church anywhere? I mean, just trying to figure out why she wasn't with him. No, not really. But I got to tell you, Pastor, what I told her, that I think she would like you. I think she'd like your stories and your style of ministry, etc. And so she said, I'll be there one of these Sundays. And so, lo and behold, was I excited. Here come David with Carol. She was lugging that oxygen tank behind her and had the tubes in her nose. Nicest gal. And we preached. When I gave the invitation, as I always do, heads bowed, eyes closed, a raised hand, if you're not sure about heaven, up went Carol's hand. And the next time that she came and I preached and gave the invitation, up went Carol's hand. As this thing worked out, the story plays out, she got very sick, had to go to the hospital. I guess her situation was such, and this is really interesting to me, her girlfriend and her both needed lung transplants. Her girlfriend got the lung, but she was too far along to get a transplant. Isn't that something? And so they were in the hospital, and I told David, I said, you know, I would really like to get up and see your wife. In the back of my mind, I saw her raise her hand twice in my services. She says she's not saved. I didn't tell him that. I'm just thinking that in the back of my mind. He said, Carol's a pretty private person and a rather proud lady preacher. Don't be offended that she doesn't want to see you. I'll certainly give her an opportunity. And sure enough, he shared it with her, and she didn't think that would be good at this time. I understood. Prayed about it. So I'm out mowing the lawn, and I saw David's truck pull up, and he jumps out. I said, what's going on, David? He said, I don't believe this, but Carol's not feeling all that well, and she would like to see you. I said, really? I said, just hold up, man. I went in, showered real quick, got everything back together, grabbed my Bible, let's go. And up to the hospital we went. And there she is in the bed and obviously not doing very well and made a lot of small talk and just talked about church and one thing and another and then had mentioned the invitation. And I talked to her and I said, Carol, her husband's standing behind me. He didn't know what to say or do. I said, you raised your hand a couple of times in my service. And I said, do you know you're going to go to heaven when you die? She bowed her head somewhat and shook no. And I said, could I just share some things with you from the Word of God? And she seemed so excited about that. 
Yes, indeed. So I walked her through some verses, and I said, would you like to do that, Carol? Would you like to trust Jesus Christ as Savior right now? Absolutely. We held hands right there. I'm kneeling beside her hospital bed. Her husband's standing behind me, tears in his eyes. And I just led her to the Lord Jesus Christ. She prayed, invited him into her heart. I had not gone out of that room by five minutes, wanted to have them some alone time together. I went out into the hallway, walking down, and all of a sudden there's a code blue at the hospital for that room. Something happened real bad, real fast. And they're moving her immediately from that room to ICU. And things deteriorated very rapidly. I stayed all night. He could not believe it. Not that associated with me or the church. He could not believe that I stuck by his side and sat in the chair and was with him all night into the next day as things progressively got worse. Just the two of us. And different family members came in at different times. And a couple of times it looked like there might be some hope and some recovery. And then that faded. And before you know it, Carol left this life, stepped on the other side of that curtain. And if things were real the day before, no reason to doubt that. She had stepped into the presence of Almighty God. I can tell you to this day that I'm one of the most important people ever in the life of David Jones by his own words. This guy came, this guy shared, and my wife's in heaven today because of that message. My friend, you never know the urgency of the hour. You never know when things are going to happen. However, you need to be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh that hope that is in you, whatever it might be. At a moment's notice, you drop what you're doing and get the job done, because that's really why you're here, isn't it? To share Jesus Christ? To give people peace? Absolutely. There are thousands of stories living in today's world. This has been one. In our resource center today, we have Avi Lipkin's book and DVD, Islam in Genesis. Islam in Genesis reviews certain aspects in the book of Genesis and finds striking suggestions that Islam's threat to the world is prophesied. Avi Lipkin also reviews the book of Genesis and compares the differences between the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Jews and the Christians, the God of the Bible, to Allah, or Allah, the moon God. Get your copy of both the book and DVD for a gift of $25 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. We want to let you know about the brand new email newsletters that are going out to thousands of inboxes every week with the latest information on current events in Bible prophecy and special video messages from our speakers. Get these email newsletters free of charge and stay informed. Sign up at swrc.com or get on the email newsletter list by calling 1-800-652-1144. If you're a new listener to Watchmen on the Wall, make sure you request your new listener pack. In this packet, you'll find a special welcome letter from our president, Dr. Kenneth Hill, information about the ministry, and a free book. It's our way of saying thank you for being a new listener here at Southwest Radio Ministries. To request your new listener pack, which is absolutely free, call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. 4-4 and request your new listener pack today.
Tomorrow, we begin a brand new month with Dr. Larry Spargimino and Dr. Keith Rose as they discuss COVID-19. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Thank you.